cult cinema catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy Buckingham and Andrew Farmer. There, yeah, it's it's looking like... <laughs> starting... Okay, there, now it's... now. Now it's doing the show. Now it's doing the thing. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. I love I'm it. Pinocchio. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Cinema Catacombs. Well, I, I love this. 2022, I'm Pinocchio. <laughs> I love that I get all this na- nice, fancy equipment, and Skype is still making us sound like the cheap-ass show that <laughs> we are. Thanks, Skype. <laughs> Uh, in, in case you don't know what uh, Mr. Farmer is griping about here, he just saw the trailer for um, the the new Pinocchio movie coming out with Polly Shore as Pinocchio. Well, no, um, you just had to tell me there's three different versions of Pinocchio <laughs> coming out in one year. Yeah, we've got dueling Pinocchio. So, so I mean, and we, Moonfall. Yeah. Sorry. And Moonfall. I'm just gonna time. yell and Moonfall as a response to everything. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got Disney's remake coming out with uh, Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Yeah. We, we have the Benicio Del Toro stop motion animation version coming to Netflix. And now we've got this one coming out from Lionsgate called Pinocchio, the true story. Because this, this is the real one. <laughs> Goodbye, Norma Jean. This is the real version of <laughs> Pinocchio. And... We have the Chef's Kiss inspirational casting of Polly Shore. This one it takes place in the John Wick universe. Yes. <laughs> what I understand. You hit it on the head, though, when you said that uh, Polly Shore's Pinocchio sounds like uh, Luke Skywalker in A New Hope in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds Hang like. Hang on. 1976 Mark Hamill impression. Way to go, Polly Shore. Polly Shore. <laughs> Of everybody, of everybody you could cast, every person in the world, Polly Shore is who you choose. Biodome. <laughs> the internet is having a field day with his casting. I mean, it's just everyone. <laughs> I comments ranging from the Star Wars comment to um, one person saying that he sounds like a, a twink wanting to go to a dance club. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, he's, I want to go. He's going to Tashi Station. He needs power converters. And um, there's a desert hobo that's going to grab him and show him his true purpose. His name is Brendan <laughs> Fraser. It's going to happen. Oh. Is Breck in this? I feel like this has an appearance by Breck somewhere in that cast. No, but I'm sure we're going to get Dan Cortez probably. Oh, my God. Are we, are we going to get... Eric Nye, and he's going to do the Pinocchio grind. He's going to show me. Oh, man. So a couple of other things before uh, we get going with uh, this month's uh, episodes here. Um, I I am cursing last month's guest stars on our show because they have now infected my system. To the point where I'm spending money on the Cayman Rider Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray that just came out from Shout Factory, and for the first time ever in my life, I've signed up yeah. for the Funimation app. But it, I blame it, them. Let's let's with a grain of salt. You also bought Exorcist three. <laughs> no, no, I no, I love Exorcist three. I love that. No, I bought I'm Exorcist just, two, The Heretic. Oh, that's the one you bought. So let's just let's not put too much weight on this being their fault for you. Well, there's someone, there's someone else's fault for me buying Exorcist to the Heretic. It's, I mean, the, it's the internet's fault. I want to know because we were actually talking about this on um, uh, Homos on Horror. By the way, has been resurrected. Good. Mike, and, Mike and I are back doing Homos on Horror. Horror. We, have, we have our comeback episode coming out soon. In fact, it's probably dropped by the time you've heard this anyway. Um, so you could you could find that online. Um, I would like to be a guest so you can have. Two and a half homos on horror. <laughs> um, you can find them. You could find us on Twitter at uh, homos underscore horror, which I am shocked no one has claimed until now. Um, 
Right. But uh, we were discussing The Exorcist 2 on that on our return episode, actually. And I found out that The Exorcist 2 now has a cult following in the same vein as The Room. And I'm like, why? <laughs> so, so out of sheer morbid curiosity, I decided to sink some money down into getting the film from Shout Factory. So now I own... Uh, Exorcist, I own both cuts. I own the theatrical cut and the director's cut. Um, I now own Exorcist 2, and of course I own Exorcist 3, which I really enjoy. Ex- this copy of Exorcist 2 that came from Shot Factory has two cuts of the movie. Nice. It has the theatrical cut and then the director's cut, which adds 11 minutes of footage. And I'm like, what the hell did they cut out of this film that made them go, oh, that's 11 minutes too much? Because I, <laughs> I remember that movie just being, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it just being ridiculously bonkers and making yeah. no sense whatsoever. Yeah, well, I mean, we watched Amityville 3D, so we know <laughs> what happens in the lifespan of a franchise. We know. See, I distinct the only two things I distinctively remember about Exorcist 2, The Heretic, is uh, Linda Blair all tarted up at one point, trying to act sexy to Richard Burton, and uh, the locust attack that just comes out of nowhere after seeing James Earl Jones dressed up as a giant cricket. I mean, it's the only things I remember from that movie. Well, you're going to enjoy it. And and I shouldn't throw shade on you for uh, your media purchases, because I did buy the soundtrack uh, to New York Ninja Sight Unseen on vinyl from Mondo. <laughs> I've never heard it. I, I was just like, I need to own this, apparently, and I just bought it. So I can't. I can't say anything to you about your media purchases. I sent you a copy of The Reeker. <laughs> well the good news is is i don't think you're going to regret purchasing uh the uh the soundtrack to new york ninja which is our subject of this episode which thank god we're finally here to talk about this movie so tell our listeners andy about the journey that came to us doing <laughs> new york ninja well i can tell them from my perspective I was sitting at my dining room table and I got a text message from Roy <laughs> that was just like, New York Ninjas, here's a link, buy it. And I'm like, all right, why not? Why not? So I just bought it. <laughs> that, I know, I now know a lot more about what I bought than when I bought it. I bought it based on the title and the fact that I was told to buy it for the show because I have uh, Stockholm Syndrome and I just do... <laughs> whatever I'm told now. Um, so, uh, so this is, so, so that's my journey. Um, Roy won't stop talking about it or hadn't stopped talking about it up until the point where I, I own it and we knew we were doing it. And then he shut up because he knew we were doing it um, and not to give anything away to me. But I do mm-hmm. know the, the uh, Greek epic journey that, <laughs> this movie went on so tell people what this is well i discovered about this movie thanks to vinegar syndrome which is if you guys don't know about vinegar syndrome oh you're missing out they've got a great collection of forgotten films that are available um in fact they were the ones that recently i think it was either last year or the year before i can't remember but they were the ones that put out this incredible ultra hd 4k presentation of one of the greatest cult classics of all time the beast master mm-hmm. um and they um just just do a great job with films they, they handle with these films with tlc and some of the films don't even deserve the tlc they get <laughs> but they give it to it and i and I, I give it to these films and i love them for that and, and they, we're not getting paid by them but if they want oh. to yeah, here. I was going to say, if they want to throw a bone to us, I'd be more than happy to have Vinegar Syndrome as a sponsor. <laughs> uh, Lord knows I send them so much of my money already. Um, By the way, for def- New York Ninja, I have now paid $70 <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> because I bought the movie Sight Unseen and the soundtrack Sight Unseen. <laughs> 
So um, I was reading up on this thing, and I was like, oh, God, I have to see this. And apparently the only way that I was able to see it was to just buy it because it's not available. I wasn't able to stream it any place. At least I couldn't find it to stream or anything. So in the vast catalog of 35-millimeter films that Vinegar Syndrome has access to, they found this movie that was never completed. It was filmed in 1984. That's when they produ- they started production of it. And um, it was um, directed and starring John, uh, John Liu, who is a martial arts uh, star. But he ran out of budget money and couldn't finish the movie. So there couldn't be any post-production for it. So he just like abandoned the movie and said, that's it. So uh, Curtis Spieler from Vinegar Syndrome said, you know what? Okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to complete this movie. Now, keep in mind, this was like almost 40 years later, almost getting like 35, 40 years later when they said we're going to do this. They have lost the soundtrack. We're not talking about like the music score. We're talking the dialogue as well. And they couldn't find the script. So they had to read the lips of the actors and so try good. to figure out what the plot to this film was. So, so they so reconstructed they reconstructed as best as possible the script to this film, and because they lost the the vocals, they had to bring in um, a who's who in genre film to do the voice work. So we have the voices of Don, the dragon Wilson, Michael Berryman, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, Linnea Quigley, Ginger Lynn, Matt Mittler, Leon Isaac Kennedy, and Vince Murdoco in this film. (laughs) And I'm here for Cynthia Rothrock. That's (laughs) it's been too long. (laughs) And, What's great is is that in classic, I guess the best way I could describe it is chop suey cinema style, the dialogue has a hard time matching the lips. And sometimes you could tell that that is what they're supposed to be saying, but other times it's questionable if that's the line they're supposed to be saying. And you could just tell that they were having a blast in the recording booth recording these lines. And... As a result, we get this incredibly fun movie halfway through the film, halfway while I'm watching this film. I immediately texted you and were like, you need to buy this movie. We have to do this on the show right now. This is absolute fun. And I'm so glad that we are now there to do it. Oh, I am, too. I'm, I, the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, this is some this is like right up, right up my alley. I mean, not only like the subject matter of the film, of course, you know, but like the way it was, the way it was remade, the way it was reinvented is absolutely something that I want to be. I want to see it. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just a movie that Roy was like, we're going to do this movie. And I'm like, all right. And then I come out and I'm either like, nope or yeah, awesome. This is like I'm I'm going into this excited, which I don't think has happened since (laughs) like where I haven't just been like felt like I was raked across the coals in a while. And and that's just the point of the show, right? Like you're going to be exposed to this shit and you're going to like it. Um, and that's good. I want that. I'm not bitching mm-hmm. about it. I keep showing up. Um, but this one, you were like, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we are buddy. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to hear your reaction thing. I'm because I had so even, even Chris was having fun watching this thing. And, I, it's just such a hoot. It's 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 too bad that this couldn't get a proper theatrical release thanks to COVID because this has like midnight movie written all over it. Um, th- this would be one of the type of films that I think people would just flock to go see just because of what it is. It would make a great double feature <laughs> with uh, Miami Connection. And just it's so much fun. And then on top of that, since they lost the musical score, they brought in um, retro wave act Voyager to compose a completely brand new score for this movie, which works perfectly for what's going on, because it sounds 
like the type of soundtrack you would think you would hear from a mid 80s kung fu cinema slasher movie you know it's got that type of music going on that becomes a superhero film at some point and exactly yeah yeah i'm i'm i want to watch this i i wanted to relive my remo william fantasies my jim <laughs> Cotta wet dreams all over this film uh i can't wait to okay you, re, you ready to dive into this one yeah let's do it let's get let's just I, we're gonna have a lot to talk about on the back end so let's just jump in and, and watch it all right, here we go. We'll be right back after we witness New York Ninja. Abductions of young women are still being reported. Another woman with mysterious radiation burns has been discovered. We're going to have a baby. Oh, my God. I can't believe that John's wife was murdered. You have to try and pull yourself together. This city owes me. Well, what's that? Justice. Why won't anyone do anything? We are strong on crime, and together we have the power. This is a big city. We're doing what we can. Tell the others I'm coming for this. I need you to help me. I would, but I want them dead. Crime has remained at an all-time low thanks to Ninja Fever. We're going live with this. These men murdered her because of what she saw. <laughs> it's linked to these abductions. There's something weighing us down. It's that damn ninja. <laughs> New York Ninja's a real hero. Bill Hader. <laughs> God, there was so much. There's so much going so on much. in this movie, and it, it, all of it is just awesome. I, 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 I am amazed that they were even able to decipher a plot out of this thing Do we, with no that, soundtrack that, or no script. To that's go what by. I, want to talk, I definitely want to talk about the fact that. I don't know that they did. Like, watching the movie was like, they definitely built a plot out of what they presumed was going on. I don't think that's the plot of the movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, oh. tell, so, so, as brief and as cliff notey as you can, explain the plot. Okay. To our listeners. So there's a guy named John who lives in New York City. He is a sound man for a news network, I think. Um, he, uh, he, we open on John and his wife. It's John's birthday. They're going to celebrate John's birthday later. His wife has a surprise for him. She can't wait. So she tells him that they're pregnant. She then... So they part ways at that point. John's going to work, I, I think, and she is going to go home and prepare John's birthday party. In the process of going home, she witnesses a mugging, what, what we think is a mugging, but ends up being a kidnapping of a woman. She intervenes, um, is snatched up by the kidnappers, and um, by a guy named Johnny Cufflinks, um, <laughs> <laughs> so good, um, is... Uh, cut her throat gets cut she gets shoved down a, a, a subway uh entrance and then a, a knife gets thrown into her and she dies mm-hmm. um john is by the way the most epic throat cutting fall oh, to death this whole cinema movie history is everything and this isn't the part that they invented this is the part <laughs> that was filmed everything was just like you were doing it for this was not on film you were doing it for the back of the auditorium baby everything was just <laughs> you were doing it man everybody was owning everything so um john our protagonist is then was seen uh, at his erstwhile birthday party where there's presents and um and uh, balloons and shit and by the way uh bold move by john the day that his wife gets murdered and his unborn child to just start the day it happens 
to just start opening his birthday presents. Um, don't wait or anything. He just yeah, starts opening his... wait, He had nothing else to do after crying out into the world. Why? I guess not. But his wife gets him uh, inextricably a couple of samurai swords. <laughs> yeah. um, and a framed photo of them to which he smashes and then... This scene, this movie has a lot of John cutting his own hands. Um, grabs a handful of glass. <laughs> John then um, decides he's going. The city. What does the city owe him? The city owes justice. him vengeance or justice. It's justice, right? Justice. Um, becomes. He decides through um, through a series of montages <laughs> to become the New York Ninja and take out justice on a crime-ridden New York. Um, Stopping muggings, getting popularity in the city uh, from the children and the the well the news yes and one <laughs> and at one point he is filmed by a uh, tourist couple stopping a mugging um and just in in the most uh, claymation fashion I've ever seen kung fu fighting. Uh, some of it on roller skates that magically yeah. disappear. Yeah, I was, I was, I was calling that segment Xana Fu because of him roller skating and doing kung fu at the same time. Yeah, but then the next scene he doesn't have the skates on anymore. It's fantastic. Oh. Okay, that's the that's the least weird thing about this film. Maybe uh, he's Inspector Gadget. You know, maybe. they just. Yeah. <laughs> but they he ends up uncovering a um, uncovering a uh, kidnapping ring. Um, led up by what we later find out is a goddamn super villain in this movie <laughs> and his driver, the only thing that matters in the world. <laughs> rat tail. Cannot stop talking or thinking about rat tail. From yeah, the first funny. moment you see him till the last moment you see him, he will invade your mind and you will never forget him. Yeah, as if, you know, this thing about, you know, this this guy taking vengeance for the death of his wife by becoming a vigilante ninja and uh, uncovers, you know, this, uh, this, I guess it's a uh, sex trafficking trade going on or something. I'm not too sure. As if that was not enough, we're going to throw in this guy who has poisoned himself with, with, I guess, plutonium. Ex-CIA agent. The yeah. United States, who was involved in experiments, maybe? Yes. So he's now tainted with um, plutonium, and he can't stand the sight of bright light. Yeah, sun is his only weakness. Yes. <laughs> so, it, so I mean, he, he can't – candles are his weakness, light is his weakness, but he has sex with random women and then burns them to <laughs> That's with his hands. <laughs> like, yeah. And when he sees a candle, there. he loses his mind. <laughs> this just literally comes out of nowhere. <laughs> but anyway, what happens is, you know, he uncovers the he he figures out that they're the people that kills his wife that killed his wife. Um, tracks them down with the help of the Batman style, with the help of uh, the police and a secret identity, because he's the only one that can help. So. In, in the style of Batman, um, he he helps them down. Like there's a scene where they're witnessing a crime, and he is the sound guy for the news department, and he uh, disappears inextricably, becomes the the New York Ninja, beats them all up, and then shows back up like I was hungry for a sandwich, and they're like, oh John, <laughs> what I miss a lot, um, but tracks him down an uh, like escape scene uh, with a standoff between not only John and uh, the radioactive man, but John and also Rat Tail, which is a fight for the ages. You think Thanos fighting the Avengers was good? You just wait. Um, <laughs> never before have you witnessed brown three-piece corduroy move in the way <laughs> that it does in this film. Um, and then there's the most, the best explosion I've ever seen on film. Wait, was um, that a bomb? <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then the end. And then the end. <laughs> and there's and, also and, uh, a, there's also a fishing montage that's fantastic <laughs> that Roy just want, can't wait to tell you about. Um, and then the closing credit sequence also just with the homeless people celebrating the existence of New York Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
So what they're trying to arrest the New York Ninja, and then all of New York rises up to support him. So that's that's the film in a nutshell, but that will never do it justice. Oh, God, no, because this film is just beyond epic. Oh, my amazing. God. I, there's just so much going on in this movie. I let's let let's let's look at the stuff that was captured on film, and then we'll then we'll look at the stuff that they had to add to the film in order to make this film. I'm good with that. Yeah, uh, I can, I'm good with that. So the stuff that was already existing, first and foremost, the reporter's wig, <laughs> that Penny Marshall hairdo she had in this movie. I deserved a credit on its own. I was just like, God, you had, you had, I, I'm, I'm, I, you could tell this thing was so low budget, but I'm just like, that's the wig you chose for her. And if that was her real hairdo, oh, honey. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was very good. It was, um, it was, a, if, if you could design hair based on the Grand Old Opry. <laughs> That's what it would be. So we've got that. We've got. Um, I lo- I love the station wagons in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say definitely <laughs> wagons. Definitely had a uh, had a budget for like Plymouth station wagons. <laughs> what was also killing me was how you know. It is known that women are being kidnapped on the streets of New York. Sure. Yet we have these women who are standing in open spaces and back alleys doing nothing, just standing there like, oh, waiting to be kidnapped. Waiting to be kidnapped. <laughs> um, two things. Number one, two, two things that I think need to be recognized and are deserving of posthumous awards. Mm-hmm. Okay. The casting director, number one. Yeah. Number two, the costume department. <laughs> never. And I, I, you, you will watch this movie from the minute it starts till the minute it ends, and you will not be bored. And no. the majority of why you are not bored is because of the costuming choices, the thugs that they use in this movie. Oh God. I don't even. There is a scene with. Um, on a roof during a fight on a roof where there is a 1940s gangster (laughs) a biker that is wearing tanning goggles Mm -hmm. like little tanning goggles um a leather daddy with an eye patch (laughs) um a guy in a bushido mask and high water jeans Don't forget the guy wearing the jock strap on the outside of his pants. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. And then some guy that's wrapped up kind of like a mummy, but also wearing like a 1980s ski sweater. (laughs) It's amazing. It is. The guy in the ski sweater, in the blue ski sweater, if you watch him throughout all these scenes that he's in, he's actually cracking up the entire time. I didn't catch this until the second screening, but you, you watch him. He's laughing in every scene. Like I like, was even when, he, even when he's thrown on the ground, he's cracking up. Like I was not like I was literally like floored at the variety of like like mismatched thuggery that they put on display in this film. Like I was wasn't enough. They painted their faces also. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. This was what did they say? Nineteen eighty. Eighty four. But in the in the in the intro, I thought it was like two years later, so they could make it like. Just into the future enough that New York has gone completely down the shitter. <laughs> and roving bands of face-painted, like, hooligans are in the streets flipping over, like, like, like old Chevy Novas and shit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that's like, my car! <laughs> well, it's like I told you, it, 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 all of these thugs look like that they have been cast in Andrew Lloyd Webber's production of The Warriors, the musical. No, it's true. <laughs> It's true, except there's no unifying theme. It's not like there's a group of Machino guys and a group of 40s gangsters. They're just all together, and you can't understand. Like, are they all working together? Like, there's one weird scene where there's a group of thugs, and another guy rolls up on him and says, give me my money, and then they're all friends. Yeah. Like, what is is that? (laughs) 
the one I was cracking up at the most was the one that you kept calling uh, Frankie Avalon in the sweater. Yes, uh, that that's uh, they decided to, in, in the in the in the credits. That's uh, that's cuff. That's that's Johnny Cufflinks. Johnny Cufflinks. Yep. Because <laughs> because he had the cufflink that was yeah the to link him back to the crime. Yeah. The name so good. It was then, so good. And then and then we have the cops. Um, oh, yeah. We we have the very stereotypical cops. No, don't worry about it. We're gonna get this okay. And then that one female cop, who also just so happens to know kung fu out of nowhere, uh, in one of the most epic takedown sequences in history, I think. Just, which slow mo, stunted. <laughs> fighting uh, and this movie is full of it and they do reverse camera tricks which are at one point <laughs> our man the new york ninja uh johnny bill Hader throws a badminton net over a bunch of enemies yes a badminton net comes God. out of nowhere it's so good but what i, I love is a, with her scene when she's doing you know the kung fu is the way it plays out it's like you're on a tutor screen for a tutorial screen for a street <laughs> fighter game teaching you how to do the basic moves in yeah. the game. <laughs> you are not kidding. You the, are not the, kidding. The it scene is... that you call the don, the den of the tawny catanes, as you call it. <laughs> <laughs> so many heartbreaker haircuts come out of that warehouse. <laughs> God, it's so good. It is so good. It um, is amazing so it's an amazing film so it is, all, all of this was not enough since they had no soundtrack they had to you know overdub with like a plethora of who's who in cult cinema and the voices absolutely don't match no. the characters at all which just adds another layer to the fun factor of oh. this film because Cynthia Rhodes' voice does not match no. the Penny Marshall-looking reporter at all, and no. Don the Dragon Wilson's voice does not match New York Ninja. At no, all. no, it does not. <laughs> and some of the lines definitely are not what they, what they're saying. Oh no, definitely. like one hundred percent. And it's so it, it's perfect for that. Like, like it is it is perfect. And if you watch the if you buy it from Vinegar Syndrome. There is you you know on the on the regular disc, there is a play movie with intro where the guy comes on for vinegar sermon and explains uh, what they went through to make the movie in in short form fashion. But he says that he's like we wanted it to be like a like an overdubbing of a film that wasn't in English, so we made sure it didn't match in some places. There, there are some places where we could not tell what they were saying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's and, it is. It is a it is a straight up work of art. The the musical score is great also because the the the, the musical score sounds exactly like the type of musical score you would hear from these films during that time period, <clears throat> and um, which which you and I have now bought on vinyl by yes. the way. Uh, and in no way, shape, or form, like that felt so natural to me. Like it did not take me out of the film even a little bit. Yeah. Like it was spot on the the music that I would expect in that movie. You know the the voiceover stuff took me it took me out of it, but in the way it was supposed to, you know. Whereas the musical score just blended so well with everything that was going on, it didn't. It sounded even, like it was the original musical score. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me that it could be something from outside of what it was. You know, mm-hmm. it was. It's they did a great, they did a fantastic job rebuilding this film. You can yeah. tell that it was. 100% a labor of love to get this thing made and to make it the way that they wanted to. And I would have loved to have been in those meetings where they're like, God, we don't have a, an audio track. What are we going to do? Well, you know, we've done, we've done audio commentary with Cynthia and with Don. Let's call them and see if they'll be willing to come in here and do this. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like everything lined up to make this thing perfect. And mm-hmm. if everybody doesn't get to see this thing, I'm sorry. Like you seek it out, go out of your way, spend the money. It is. This is definitely where, and and again, we're not being paid by vinegar syndrome for this whatsoever. But if there was ever a movie to purchase sight unseen blindly, 
spend the shekels. It's yeah. worth it. I mean, it, it, this film is just no, too much you, fun. Too much fun. I sent fun. you a message that said, unironically, thank Vinegar Syndrome for creating this. And also thank you for finding it. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we, we joke on this show, but, like, this is going to be one of those movies that I talk about. Like, I talk about um, Twice Dead. I, I probably refer people to that movie at least once a week, honestly. Like, when I'm just talking about move, like movies that I love. I'm like, Twice Dead, you got to see this thing. Kiss in the Phantom of the Circus is the, or the Phantom of the Park is the same way. We're but this is going to be that We're movie. constantly quoting Bad Ben. So, yeah. yeah. But this is going to be that movie where yeah. I'm like, because not only did they create what I honestly view, and I know this is as a work of art, like the work that they put in to make this thing, but also the you know the the finished product is amazing, and the story behind why and how they had to do it is just as good. Phenomenal. So like like just but we got to talk about the we got to talk about the villains. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like like. The main guy, <laughs> the main villain, the the big bad, um, with those epic shades with the side guards to block out the sun. To block out the sun, the radio act, the radio, um, the radioactive damage that it's done, where his hands, and you can just tell that it's latex that hasn't been laid right. Yeah, <laughs> like peeling up in his face. And I love the fact that they saw this character and they said, you know who should voice him. Michael Berryman from The Hills Have Eyes and Weird right? Science. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. That was perfect casting. Like, perfect, imperfect casting. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely perfect. Um, you know, but he had to... So, he had this weird thing where he would, like Roy said, he would have sex with women and then burn them with his radioactive hands. But also, anytime he saw a candle, he would freak out. Like, straight up freaky-deaky out. But he also had this little cigarette case with a spring-loaded needle gun in it. Yeah, that was his weapon. <laughs> that was his James Bond weapon that he would shoot into people. <laughs> and he killed, a, he, he killed a fly with it. Yeah, and it bled. The fly bled human the blood. The fly bled human blood. You know, oh. it's like... It's like he shot the fly with it, and there's this blood splatter on the on the car upholstery, and I'm like, yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, but that, like, so they made him a James Bond movie villain, and he has an epic sword fight with a retractable sword. Oh, you mean retractable Excalibur? Yeah, <laughs> retractable Excalibur in his brown corduroy three piece suit at the end. <laughs> After, by the way. He creates a one in 1986 or what 1984 creates a 100% lifelike mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of the uh, the camera guy. <laughs> he becomes he becomes Mr. Phelps from Mission Impossible. Yeah. With, with with the perfect mask. <laughs> it is so what it is so bizarre. The whole movie is like this. It's like what is going on? Um. And he, yes, he is the bad guy. He is the bad guy. He's and the bad like guy. And just like any super villain, he has a henchman. Yeah, and let's talk about um, who you refer to as the Lost Weasley brother first. <laughs> yes, the, the the inner bull agent. Yes, the Lost Weasley brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these are the girls that we want, right? Yeah, you need to serve these girls. Too. I can't remember I, the guy's but, name. He's a He's a com- he's a British comedian. He's very tall, but that's who that guy reminded me of. Um, um, I was waiting for him to do some Drop Dead Fred or something like that because of the way he was. <laughs> but it turns out that this guy who's been asking for the girls, right? He has a he has a client who wants the girls they're kidnapping. He is uh, secretly an Interpol agent. Because why not? That is trying to, to that is trying to put this guy into a sting operation and and bring him down, um, which begs the question: How did it get that far? <laughs> how did it that, get that this far? Is, this, this is this movie's equivalent 
to um, the uh, the whole sequence with uh, what's her face's mom getting breast cancer in the room. Just yeah. how did it get to there, and then how's it just dropped out of nowhere? Right. Right. Oh. So so we that's one of the villains that we think is a villain from. Oh, there's a this is an apropos of nothing, but there is an epic scene. There are a lot of limos in this movie. Um, <laughs> there are. <laughs> there's an epic scene where uh, Rat Tail drives a limo into a, a derelict, like, gravel parking lot, <laughs> whips it around, and then drives back to front of camera to park. That scene takes a solid 45 to 50 seconds <laughs> of just driving in, turning all the way, going to the back of the parking lot. Turning around and then driving forward. We went. We needed to show off his driving skills. Is what we needed yes. to do. But yeah, so that's once that's somebody we thought was that was a red herring. We thought that guy was going to be a bad guy. He ends up being an Interpol agent that's trying to sting Radioactive Man. Um, so that only leaves two villains: the before mentioned Radioactive Man, who is who's known the, as Plutonium Killer. Plutonium Killer, the the, the big bad of the movie. So there's three big bads. There's Johnny Cufflinks, who's sort of the head of the hoods. Mm-hmm. Um, there is um, there is Plutonium Man, and then there's Rat Tail. His, his henchman, Rat Tail. Yes. Uh, Holy shit, Rat Tail. Who, who has an actual Rat Tail that he likes to tug on and chew on. The first thing we see is him. <laughs> he is driving the limo. Um. In a, a a tuxedo, but it is definitely a Victorian-style tuxedo. He's dressed like he's going to audition for the Avengers, and I'm not talking about the Marvel yeah. Universe Avengers. I'm talking like the British 1960s Avengers. Yeah, he's dressed like uh, You're expecting a fan of the opera production in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and he... Um, he has an Anakin Skywalker rat tail. And the first thing we, the first time that we really get to see him, he turns left, looks down the barrel of the camera, and gives what I'm going to refer to as a Frankenfurter stare. <laughs> and then pulls this rat tail that we didn't know existed up to this point out of his jacket, put it in his mouth, and just starts biting it. Like... It's- and then he takes the head of his cane, which turns out to be his not one but two swords. How? Um, and caresses his face ever so lovingly with the head of this wild. cane. <laughs> it is. What were the rest of the takes like, Roy? <laughs> what ended up on the studio floor in the editing bay? If that's the one they were like, yep, well, that's it. It's nailed funny. it. It's funny that you ask that. I haven't watched this special feature yet, but one of the special features on the Vinegar Syndrome box set is alternate takes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Alternate takes and outtakes. So oh, only well, imagine. Okay. But, uh, but we have, per- we, we that have- is how we meet him. Yeah. He only escalates. Yeah, because we, we discover that um, not only does he know how to sword fight with two swords – and make uh, epic anime poses when doing so. But he also knows drunken sword fighting. Right. Which, right. honestly, when he's doing the drunken sword fighting, he, he looks like Captain Jack Sparrow walking <laughs> on a boat. That's the best way I can describe the way he's doing it. I want to know more about that guy. <laughs> you like, not only the character, I definitely want some backstory on that character. Like, I want a prequel of Rat Tales. <laughs> but I also want to know about the actor. <laughs> like, I want to know everything to, that there is to know about that actor. Um, because, holy shit, like, I want to know what what kind of stage performances he was doing prior to this. <laughs> but yes, at one point, he pulls out... So. Um, our man, New York Ninja, has uh, has his samurai sword. Dude out of a cane. Out of mm-hmm. a cane. It is a cane. Pulls out two rapiers. Full-on, hilted rapiers. 
<laughs> like pirates of Penzance and shit. <laughs> and then proceeds to fence <laughs> for a while. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't pull out one of his powder eggs on him. <laughs> My favorite weapon besides the uh, the boomerang uh, fan. Is my is his uh, are his uh, are his powder eggs? Oh yeah, but he had so many of them powder eggs too. I mean, just <laughs> he just used them like crazy. I want to let you know that I looked up the actor who played Rat Tail. His name is Richard Buckingham Clark. <laughs> okay, all right. Maybe maybe related to me. Um, I God, I hope so. He Get was on the all- show. Um, he was also not only in uh, New York Ninja as Rat Tail, but he was also in two other films. Oh, um, he was in uh, both of them starring Rutger Howard, actually. One was a three-part miniseries in 1991 called The Law of the Desert with Rutger Howard. And I'm then, looking at the, by the way, I'm looking at the cover art for it. Um, we might be doing some Rutger Hauer movies. <laughs> and then he was also in Beyond Justice with Rutger Hauer. The in same. an undetermined role. Undetermined role. So that's Rat Tail for you right there. Oh, by the way, uh, Beyond Justice, mm-hmm. Rutger Hauer, mm-hmm. Carol Alt, mm-hmm. Omar Sharif, Elliot Gould. <laughs> oh, shit. It has Brett Halsey in it. We might have to cover this movie. (laughs) We might have to cover this movie. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to Lacey now. Her cousin was in a movie with Rat Tail. Oh, oh, Nelly. I I love how when you're texting me when you're watching this movie, you said Lacey can't stop saying what the hell. Like just we just both watched it smiling, just like what the hell? When the mayor is having his press conference, <laughs> and yeah, the mayor's having the press conference, which gets he gets mugged and he's saved by the newsies. <laughs> it's like what is going on here? The only thing missing was with the kids singing "King in New York." That was the only <laughs> thing missing. Dressed up as little ninjas. He's like, New York Ninja has a posse. (laughs) He's got got a newsboy army, like uh, DC Comics. Oh, it was so good. There's only one thing that let me down about this movie, and that's the fact that we're never going to get the sequel that we're promised at the end of the film when it said New York Ninja will be back in L.A. Ninja. I already told you how we solved that problem. The kid. We haven't (laughs) talked about the kid. There's a kid that's getting hustled for money. Oh, and, you um, mean the kid that I called um, the uh, Kirkland brand Ernie Ray's Jr.? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> the majority of this movie is in the city or in the outskirts of the city, like gritty stuff. There is a scene that is 100% in the suburbs. <laughs> and, and apparently at the Day of the Dead celebration. Oh, there's of, that too, right? I mean, just out of nowhere. <laughs> and then he takes the kid fishing, which, you know, the kid is, you know, sitting there on the, first of all, never fish in the Hudson River. Uh, but and if you're going to fish in the Hudson River, don't do it in a, in a weird Speedo. Yeah, That's asking for disease. I don't know if it was a Speedo or his underwear. I don't know. And, and he's got spears that he's, you know, spear fishing. And just why? Because. <laughs> because, it, because he's a ninja. I, I love the implication. Half of this movie assumes that he got off of a steamer from Japan. <laughs> and this is his first time in New York out, you know, in the big city ways. He came from a village in Japan and he was trained in the art of ninja. Yes. The other half of the movie assumes that he's a sound guy for the news. <laughs> It's so wild. This movie is so great. There is a scene where um, he is, he does a, they reverse the film for him to do a backflip into the trunk of a car. Oh, that was epic. Oh, 
just this, the the fight scenes and the fight coordination. It's it is Chef, I, yes. you cannot not watch this movie. That's it. I've never I will never, with the exception of Twice Dead, which I think we were just completely floored at what it was. Yeah, finding it out of nowhere and never hearing about it before. This movie will be my highly most highly recommended movie of all time. I think. Like I cannot think about how awesome it is. Like I can't stop thinking about how just yeah. every component part of this movie lines up to make it the most epic thing th- that I've ever seen. And for those who are wondering, this is the voice cast that that was lined up for the film. So we got Don the Dragon Wilson as our main uh, character, John. Uh, Michael Berryman, who is the plutonium killer. Uh, the reporter is actually Linnea Quigley. Right. Uh, the uh, Cynthia Rothrock is actually the detective who gives us the instructional video on Kung Fu. Uh, Leon Isaac Kennedy is the detective in the film. Uh, Vince Murdaco is the cameraman. Matt Miller is Freddie Cufflinks. And Ginger Lynn is the wife who gets murdered at the end of the film. So, I mean, just th- this cast is phenomenal. Um and um by the way i lost you there for a second oh so the interpol guy is known as the pale guy yeah is the pale man or the pale guy or something yeah so so yeah that's 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 what he's known as is the pale guy so we never we never know what his full name is i mean yeah, he talks like this it's like a lost member of the young ones or something i mean yeah, what was that guy's name because it's male he was definitely rick mailing all over the place oh uh, it's just everything about this movie it, it, I, again if there aren't a thousand Halloween costumes and cosplays of Rat Tail this year, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> so this film best represents what the point of this podcast is. You know, it, it, you know, these films exist. I mean, had they not found the film reels for this inside the Vinegar Syndrome vault, this thing would have never seen the light of day. And thank God or whatever deity you pray to that this was discovered because this is one of the most enjoyable, fun cinematic experiences ever. This is my new obsession. New York Ninja is my oh, new yeah. obsession. And I want, I want a t-shirt. I want the I Heart New York Ninja t-shirt. Oh, I'm sure they're going to sell those. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they have the soundtrack on vinyl, CD, and cassette. I'm sure we're going to have the T-shirts and the buttons and everything. Oh, I mean, a throwing the, star. <laughs> the 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 person, yeah, he had the money and the time yeah, to right. get custom made throwing stars to say New York Ninja on it. <laughs> I can't say ah! enough about this film. I can't rec- I can't recommend this film highly enough. Well, Top I mean, three material I'm- right there. This is one of our longest episodes because we can't stop talking about this thing. So, yeah. Well, our longest episodes are the ones that we love the most. Yes. Kiss. Twice dead. (laughs) This movie. Can't stop talking about it. This, 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 this. God, you have to trust. Trust us. Just buy it off of vinegar. We're not getting any kickbacks. Just buy it. Buy it. This is a must own film. If you are a true fan of like cult cinema, you gotta own this movie because yeah, this do. thing is phenomenal. I just I just wish that I could be like inside like an Alamo Draft House or something with a full audience watching this film because the I, the reactions would just be priceless with this. Like thing. we should start one of those uh, WhiteHouse.gov um, uh, campaigns to get this on at Alamo Draft House. <laughs> I want the White House to have to call the Alamo Draft House in Louisville <laughs> and tell them they have to play New York Ninja. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Joe Biden will get right on that. Sure. Huh? <laughs> I don't think it's Joe's job <laughs> to call. Maybe. Maybe he'd do it. Maybe he loves New York Ninja. You don't know. Maybe he was in it. 
<laughs> who knows? <laughs> maybe he was the guy in the um, maybe he was the guy in the Bushido mask. You don't know. <laughs> and what I love though is is that I mean we're, we're doing we're doing this, and then the next three months I think are pretty much guaranteed to be a blast for us on the show because we're doing a loving tribute to in my opinion, an unsung hero in Hollywood. Uh, this man has been in so many things and doesn't, I think, really get the respect that he deserves, and that is Clint Howard. Um, he's been acting since he was just a wee little child, and he's had so many memorable roles and performances. I mean, hell, one of our first films we talked about was Evil Speak with him, which was a, a blast. And so... We're doing a three-month tribute to Clint Howard. Um, mm-hmm. You're announcing your you're announcing yours on the other show, uh, right. but um, we've decided that for our first outing with the tribute to Clint Howard, we're going to do one that we know is a lot of fun and that we and we love and enjoy, and that is the Wraith. Yeah, which, and I can't. Uh, we used to, me and me and my uh, old roommate Perry used to refer to this movie as the magic as the magic dodge. <laughs> Ooh, it's the magic dodge. We had a little theme song for it. We probably watched it once a month. Uh, I mean, it has Cheryl and Finn's ditties in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it has a very problematic cast. I will say that. I mean, we we've got Charlie Sheen in the main role. Cheryl and Finn's gotten a little questionable over the years, but. Then you have Randy Quaid, which um, we all know what happened with him over the past few years. But the thing is, is that it doesn't, at least for me, because I've actually seen this one pretty recently, it doesn't deter from the fun level that is this film about um, a serial killing car that's killing the right people, basically. Out of it's, a go- yeah, it's, a go- it's definitely a ghost car, a la Christine, but like more sci-fi. <laughs> It's yeah, and it's killing the people who deserve to die instead of it being just a random. Yeah. It's it, it is the New York Ninja of cars. <laughs> so strap on in for March, April, and May, folks, because we've got Clint Howard goodies coming your way. Um, it's kind of a way to kind of wrap up our third year before we go into the epicness that is going to be our fourth season. God, we've got huge plans for our fourth season. Um. New York Ninja is going to be here. <laughs> yes. Rat Tail will be on the show as God <laughs> is my witness. Oh, man. So thanks a lot for tuning in, folks. Uh, again, go to Vinegar. They still have copies of it, Les. They, they've made limited pressings of this thing by the fucker. I yeah. mean, just, it's so worth it. Uh, thank you to Vinegar. And, the, and not to mention the, the, the presentation is beautiful. Oh, it's beautifully. Re- they restored the living shit out of this film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the actual what you're watching is astoundingly. There are a few scenes that you can tell, but like the mass majority of this film looks gorgeous. Yeah, sounds gorgeous. Painstakingly restored this thing. So thank you, Vinegar Syndrome, for bringing this into our world. Thank you so much. And uh, but as far think- as the physical media goes, Roy. Yeah. This movie. New York Ninja is the most beautiful box for Blu-ray I have. <laughs> and it's for New York Ninja. People are going to be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> well, they did the same thing for the Beastmaster. Also, when they released the 4K Beastmaster, the, the box set that they did for it is in the same vein as New York Ninja. But what's great about New York Ninja is it actually comes with a book about the yeah. history of this film and what it it's took. Just- to it's get so this thing finally released. It's so, it, buy it. Just stop thinking about it. Be a me. Roy's telling you to buy it. Just buy it. <laughs> Go to the website and buy it. All right, folks. Thank you so much again for listening. Uh, you can find us again on the uh, Google Podcast Network and also on Audible as well. We're now – so if you have the Audible app, you can find us on Audible. Uh, Audible? Audible? <laughs> um <laughs> And again, we're on uh, Twitter at These Films Exist. Uh, we uh, we have another episode coming out this month, which is with us talking about the Furry Olympics, Animal Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then tune in uh, starting March as we celebrate all things Clint Howard. All right, gang. Talk to y'all later. <laughs> Bye.